0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to You, Me, Them. Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This is our May live show from the Wonderland Ballroom, and it doesn't sound so great. And I'd like to apologize for the guests and for the attendees and you, the listener at home. Uh, the board wasn't working, so this is a uh, this is our room recording. Uh, I edited it as well as I could and I think that you could hear everything that Zena Nee has to say Zena is a fantastic artist and I am incredibly grateful that she was able to spend some time with us in the month of May uh, we talked about her piece at Umbrella uh, you might know uh, Umbrella as the thing that AOC attended in Washington D.C. it caused a little bit of a hullabaloo in a good way and uh, Zena's had one of the best pieces there so that's what this very short episode is about if you were in Washington D.C. tonight friday june 7th we'll be recording our live show at the wonderland ballroom hopefully you can come out to that without further ado here's Zena knee on you me them everybody live from the wonderland ballroom Zena, how are you i'm good happy friday happy friday that's a wonder you know we've been doing this show for 11 years i don't think anyone's ever actually said happy friday well this is the first this is the first What a monumental greeting and i'd like to thank you for that uh the reason why i wanted you to speak on this show that sounds like you're gonna give a speech or a ted talk this is not that uh not as many people listen to ted radio and i like to apologize to you not as many people listen to this but anyways uh you were part of the most recent umbrella exhibit at uh, a place that no longer exists it was at martha's table uh, which is a, a lot of good for the community and is soon to be uh i think i think i think a condo development is that correct is it going to be a condo development
1: yeah they're keeping the store
0: fronts up but okay. building a large okay it's on 14 14- adult dorm adult dorm it's on 14th street just north of u street in washington <laughs> street and uh umbrella was a three-day art extravaganza and it took over three uh different addresses and uh, you were part of uh, the main address on the second floor, curated by a friend of the show in life, Amy, and, uh, and you had the only piece, I wanna say there was like 40, does that seem right, about 40 different exhibits, 40 different artists? Yours was the only piece in that exhibit that actually dealt with the history of the building, which is Martha's Table. Uh, do you wanna give a history of Martha's Table or should I? You should go for it okay yeah, let's yeah. see how I butcher this so Martha's table did a hell of a lot of good with an underserved community in Washington DC for a handful of years uh, and uh, they were in a prime location and now they no longer have the lease and, and it's gonna be condos like we just said and your exhibit dealt with that what was the premise of your exhibit
1: I will say first about Martha's table that they're not going away yes they have intentionally decided to move their headquarters to southeast and intentionally sold that building. So, at
0: least- Intentionally sold it because it helps more people or because the rent is too damn high? That's or is it a little time. bit of both? I think it's a little and, bit and of both. Mar- I want to make it clear. You're not a Martha's Table representative. You're not here to explain Martha's Table's promise, but um, Martha's Table does good, period, end of sentence, moving on they're no longer in this place, that might not need them as much as, say, other neighborhoods in Washington, D.C. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Okay, what was the premise of your piece at Umbrella?
1: At a very high level, it was a giant room-sized installation. uh, And we were trying to tell two stories. One is what it takes to apply for and get benefits to help pay pay for your food in D.C this program is called SNAP, otherwise known as food stamps. And the second story was how um, a DC city agency paid a vendor millions and millions of dollars to upgrade their computer systems. The whole thing got botched, and as a result, thousands of people, we think, either lost their benefits or faced inordinately long delays to get their food stamps. And so, Uh, one big underlying message we were trying to communicate is how many hoops you have to jump through just to get the average benefit amount, which is around $150 a month to help pay for groceries, compared to the lack of accountability for vendors who take Thousands of, you know, like multiple orders of magnitude more money from the government. And the story was relatively unreported. And Amy, who's in the audience, shout out to Amy, the curator in the room. And I both thought that the thousands of people coming through Umbrella would be a great
0: platform to tell both of these stories. Uh, it clearly worked. Uh, yours is definitely the most talked about piece from that three day exhibit. And uh, you had, a, it's a weird thing to say celebrity, but you had a politician of well known uh, fame. That's a weird thing to say as well. Um, AOC showed up and saw your piece, and that's like the little thing that went semi-viral and um, As someone that understands uh, snap and understands the uh, benefits program quite familiar quite, quite, familiar, quite intimately uh, This both seemed important and flippant hear me out Flip it not because of what you were doing, but everything surrounded by the entire experience at it So when you first walk in you see um, t-shirts for sale that are essentially espousing how great it is to be in dc is that correct when you first walk in to the building not your exhibit to the building there were t-shirts for sale it was like dc as fuck essentially other stuff great art stuff i really liked pretty expensive 1500 pieces normal and i'm not trying to say art should be cheaper if anything i just want more people in the middle and lower to be able to afford the art yours is the only piece that actually said like hey this this does this is not a good thing and now that people can't even see that piece because it only lasts for three days and I, and I realize I'm not even presiding preventing sorry I'm not providing you a question I'm sort of just ranting at this point because yours is the only one that I keep thinking about yours was the only one that connected to me and clearly connected to the public and I don't know why the other pieces exists period so, did you feel like you had a responsibility to do something like this? What was the goal of something like this? Do you think it raised enough awareness to actually make any change? Answer those three unanswerable questions, please. I apologize. Can you, can you repeat the first question? Yeah, I mean, like why did you do what you did? did? you Did you feel like you had to do this? Did you, you clearly knew what the space was and why do it in this form? And for the people that, did, that weren't fortunate to see the piece, what you had was receipts hanging from the ceiling. Lots of them. I don't know the number. And you had people's uh, stories about being rejected. Um, and, and when I say rejected, I don't mean hypothetically rejected. I mean literally rejected when you, when you check out. Why do this in general? Let's start with there. Why do this piece?
1: Yeah. Uh- So I feel a sense of responsibility in both of my careers, so I'm an artist and I'm also a designer. As a designer, I've worked for the last five or six years on working with governments to prevent them from spending hundreds of millions of dollars on systems that don't work that disenroll people when what they're trying to do is responsibly implement these programs. So as a designer, I work with states. I worked on healthcare.gov a couple years after the initial crash, but still on fixing it. And so um, I do feel like uh, my design skills are very well applied towards making government websites, for lack of a better phrase, less shitty. Throughout working on all of this, I also recognize that it's not simply the implementation of technology that prevents poor people from getting the benefits that would actually help them. It's also sort of like a pervasive undercurrent, like all the feelings and emotions and nasty stuff on YouTube surrounding um, poverty in the United States. So as an artist, I feel a responsibility to attack that change narratives around uh, what is it actually like to not be able to afford food? What is it actually like to jump through all of these hoops? So, those are the two main goals.
0: What has the, the reaction been like for you? This is what, two weeks old? Two weeks ago, maybe, maybe longer, I don't know. I, people clearly have connected with your piece more than any others. Do you feel any differently? Did it do what you wanted to do?
1: thing I want it to do and I also want us to do, the people in this room, people in DC, is that we live in an incredibly progressive city. I want to think that some of my money actually went towards procuring the system that doesn't actually work. And I know that in 2018, the city just signed another contract with a different vendor for $109 million to be spent over three years to continue implementing the system that's already proven to kick people off of benefits. So the ultimate goal is how do we prevent, you know, two years from now, three years from now, more headlines about, hey, we accidentally messed it up again.
0: Do you feel, these are a lot of feeling questions and I apologize, but when it comes to art, feeling is kind of important here. Did you feel like an outsider within this exhibit, within this overall event? Did you feel like you fit in with everybody else? Or did you feel like, did you even think about that? Did you even think about how you felt?
1: No, I think we were too busy making it, and that's good, that's (laughs) good, no that's good. (laughs) The general feelings were actually like in the room that I was in that Amy curated, uh, I knew most of the other artists who were showing, or I had just met them, I met them through the exhibit, and it did feel like a little family of people painting the walls, sort of destroying our bodies to make this
0: installation happen. You already said that you have a full-time job, do you know of the other artists that were in that same space as you also have full-time jobs?
1: I would say many of them, yeah.
0: So is it is it fair to say the majority of the artists at Umbrella at these other art exhibits had have, have full time jobs? I would say
1: it's a mix of working artists and artists, you know, finding time. Full time artists.
0: Do you think that's a as a problem or that's perfectly fine? That's how it should be. That's not a loaded question. I literally do not know the answer to that.
1: That's something I've been exploring. Um, I have felt that you know, because I do this on the side, that it is a very expensive hobby sometimes. Yeah. At the same time, I've had conversations with artists who are full-time, who uh, respond to me when I say that I am my own patron, like I make enough money for my day job to support whatever I want to do with my art practice, and um, in reflecting on it, the important part for me is telling stories or making space for other people to tell their stories in a way that isn't restricted by trying to sell work or trying to make a curator
0: happy. I think I know the answer to this, but could, could anyone have bought your piece? Yeah, yeah. Did anyone offer to buy your piece?
1: <laughs> no, but we uh, Molly, the other artist who lives in New York, She's amazing. Uh, We have been in conversations with different groups in the city who want to provide temporary or permanent homes for these.
0: I think that it would be really great if uh, a bunch of building developers, something in Douglas specifically, just gave you the storefront, essentially have a bunch of Macy's windows, and you could set up art exhibits like this, because yours was hands down the most powerful and the most depressing. That might actually change things, especially in D.C. Would you want? That's a, that's a weird thing. I'm Douglas. I can't ask you if you want to be involved in that. I mean, I can. It wouldn't change anything. You see what I'm doing? I'm rambling, but that's okay. Anyways, do you want to talk about your day job at all? I should have asked you this before we run. But if you don't, I understand.
1: Uh, I'm happy to, but okay. I also want to answer the the implied question, which yes. is, would I accept money from people who have money yes, to kind make of. an installation about yeah, social issues? Of. Like, yeah, unless it wasn't, you know, whitewashing or whatever color washing you want to use to describe, like. You so, know, if Tim
0: Cook at the or new or Apple Store wanted to pay you to do the new uh, the former library, you'd be okay with that?
1: I'd have to think about it.
0: Okay. I'm not trying to get you in trouble, and I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to these specific questions, I'm just just wondering. Um, You said before the show, if this is uncomfortable, I'll cut it from the podcast, that you had a lot of complicated feelings about umbrella. Are you willing to discuss those complicated feelings about umbrella? Yeah, I'm
1: willing to tip my toe
0: in. Okay, great. Uh, Do you want me to to say all the bad words first, and then you could come in, so no matter what you say, it'll be considered polite and nice, or do you want to just go? Great. Okay. So, umbrella, wonderful idea, odd execution. Here's why. A handful of the rooms were just great. I liked legitimately more than 50% of the art. I didn't hate any of the art, but a lot of the art I wanted to buy. I want to support. Blah 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 blah. But the entire time you're there, you're thinking like, this used to be more of this table. This could be doing something good. When you left one of the buildings to go upstairs in the other buildings, where I saw your curator. There was, like, it's a former gymnasium, like, so, like, you literally feel the ground underneath your feet change because it's for kids to play. It's no longer for kids to play. It's for a condo development. Like you said, adult dorm rooms. That's weird. There's no way around that weirdness. It's a fucking weird thing. And we're here to like celebrate this weirdness and not acknowledge the weirdness, except your piece. Yours is the only one that acknowledges this weirdness, but I don't think you were trying to do it to acknowledge the weirdness. I think you were trying to do it to expose, a, not expose, but shine a light in a very obvious flaw that seems to have a very easy fix that no one seems to care about. So, yours is the only one I felt that was socially responsible, but it's not the artist's job to be socially responsible, it's the artist's job to sell their fucking art, because it's already a really tough world. Now I've said a lot of words. So, what are your thoughts about Umbrella, a recent three-day, now-closed art exhibit on 14th, just north of you?
1: I have so many thoughts and feelings. I'm gonna try to be concise about them. Um, And, was incredible in that, as you said, AOC came through, personal hero of mine, saw my art with her eyes and (laughs) took pictures with her phone that might still be on her phone, which is incredible that maybe like some part of her thinking for some part of her life was influenced a little bit by something I made. Like, I'm deceased, just thinking about it. I DMed her at three in the morning. (laughs) That and she hasn't
0: Did you think about the timeline of your DM?
1: <laughs> no.
0: I'm not here to tell you how to live. Maybe you should have. 3 p.m. I think that's fine. Those are business hours.
1: Who knows who manages her Instagram DMs? You know. Anyway, lots of lots of people came through. Um, I was also incredibly moved when I cold emailed the lawyers on the lawsuit that inspired the art. So several legal aid organizations brought a class action lawsuit against the city for irresponsibly implementing the system and trying to hold them accountable for the next system they're building. Uh, I emailed about four or five of the lawyers and said, Hey, I'm an artist. I made art from your lawsuit. I hope that's okay. If you don't want me to do this, I feel like you have lots of lawyer tools to stop me. (laughs) And uh, they, they emailed me back and they said, Your show sounds amazing. Can we come? And I said, Yeah, please come. And some of them showed up. And I was so incredibly moved that they came. One of them just sort of held court for 30 minutes and explained SNAP anyone that came close to her. <laughs> That's great! Yeah, so yeah, I think during the, during the exhibit I probably cried several times a day just seeing um, people who, are, who I really admire come through, whether I was physically present or not for it, um, Molly and I made a game-time decision to add Sharpies for people to write their own stories on the walls because we observed as we were making the installation, random people would just sort of come through and say like, oh, my dad was on a snap, or this really helped my family when I was younger. And thought, if, you know, the five people in this building have stories, maybe some of the thousands of people coming through World 2, we were honestly surprised by the outpouring of um, very vulnerable, powerful stories that people were sharing on the walls. So that's all the positives. Like, I met incredible people as a part of it. I don't have any regrets. Um, on the flip side, um, while I was deinstalling it and doing literally the least amount of manual labor that have had done for the last two weeks, putting together a show, going to the show, I was putting a piece of paper in a box. I completely threw out my back very painful. <laughs> that's a I
0: curveball. Was,
1: yeah, it was to me. <laughs>
0: I'm assuming you have health insurance.
1: I do, through my job. There
0: we go, maybe that's the next installation.
1: <laughs> and uh, and it, I was, you know, flat on my back, in a lot of pain for a couple days. Uh, my team is really supportive. The other artists in the installation were incredibly supportive. Amy was very supportive. Um, it definitely made me reflect on how much labor and, in some cases, risk goes into making art. And knowing that the adult dorms that they're building probably going to make somebody a lot of money, probably that somebody underwrote some part of the show because there were security people that were getting paid. You know, there was money coming through, and knowing that. Uh, as far as I know, none of the artists or the curators were paid for creating the space, taking down the space, other than selling their work.
0: I can't speak to that part of it. I can only speak from a press perspective. So um, my day job is I'm an editor on a site, so I get all these press releases. And the only thing the press person tried to get across in multiple emails was, you need to mention the name of the of the builder. And everything, uh, umbrella presented by blank. Um, and we said we're not going to do that because that has like that has nothing to do with the art. We're writing about it. Okay, like, inserting that would seem like a weird ad. And like, also for your client's perspective, you don't want us talking about that because like the crux of our piece is like, this is cool, but this is fucking weird. <laughs> and these are the two pieces that are great. It was yours and this other gentleman, and you could read on the same. And why would you want to be attached to that? Like, yes, it's cool that you're presenting art. That's great, but like, you're presenting for three days in the former Martha's Table space, and we're oh, the same week as the the Metro PCS go-go stuff is happening. Like, do do you really want to be tacked onto this? Like, that's you're going to be called. I'm just talking now. I'm just. This is a really weird issue, because clearly I have a lot of personal feelings, and, and that doesn't always make for the best interview. I don't like to apologize to you, but at the same time. That definitely garnered the most emotional reaction I had in any of the pieces of art. And uh, I want to thank you for doing that. Um, could we end with something a little bit more frivolous and stupid and silly and fun?
1: Yeah, can I say one more thing Absolutely. about you know, mixed bag of emotions? I, I think ultimately I'm thrilled that it happened and my big question to anyone putting on events, anyone with even a little bit of money to put on events is it actually doesn't take that, I do think like artists should be paid to the full extent possible, but zero dollars is zero dollars and you know, to a development company who wants to underwrite another large festival, like why not make another line item? It could cost the same amount of security. And it would mean a lot to artists who don't have health insurance to take on that risk
0: that's a wonderful sentiment, never gonna happen. I want you to be right though. I'm gonna make a
1: calendar event.
0: (laughs) I really want you to be right, I want you to be right, I really want you to be right, but Godspeed, I don't think that's gonna happen. Um,
1: I've been paid as an artist before. Every time? No, but I've been paid before, so it will happen.
0: I want you to be right, I so want you to be right. (laughs) Um, I want you to be able to showcase your art more in, in a situation that's in more than three days because I, I think what you did that weekend was is so good and so about more of it. Anyways, uh, how was it growing up with the name Xena?
1: I actually renamed myself about two years ago.
0: Because of the, why?
1: Well, I... Grew up in the nuclear desert of rural Washington state.
0: Continue. Um,
1: <laughs> imagine Breaking Bad. That's kind of the vibe that I spent my early childhood and like most of my. That sounds literally
0: in. dangerous.
1: Yeah, there was nuclear waste. It was pretty safe. It was probably not leaching into the groundwater. Anyway, um, I grew up in a place that was nuclear because they built. Uh, an important part of the bomb that was dropped on Nagasaki in okay. World War II there, yeah. and now they're dealing with it. That's why there are still people there. That's why my family moved there. Anyway, to deal
0: with the waste.
1: Yeah, there's a national lab out there where they're trying all sorts of things to stop it from leaching into the groundwater, figuring out where to put it, etc. cetera. So
0: the, when you were growing up, did you drink well water? Did you drink from the lines of the city? Did you drink something else? Did you not drink water? Like, how did, <laughs> What did you drink?
1: Water from the tap.
0: Water from the tap. Okay, great.
1: I'm fine.
0: I, you are clearly <laughs> fine. I am not here to judge you.
1: Anyway, this is all to say, this is a backdrop. And uh, I start kindergarten, and uh, my kindergarten teacher pulls me aside, and she was like, I can't really pronounce your name. Other people might not be able to either. You should consider getting an English name. And I... I go home and I tell my parents and they're like, "Well, whatever the teacher says, they're right. So let's oh, go. An interesting. English and we pop open this like ancient Chinese-English dictionary that for whatever reason has a list of names at the back, like okay. English names. And my mom's like, oh, Shirley. Surely. Shirley Temple. We know who that is. She's
0: a great girl. She was like, you- a, Well, oh, really quick, our next guy's a congresswoman. Shirley Temple? No, Ambassador Shirley Temple. Yes. Ambassador, good okay. Goodwill Ambassador. Goodwill Ambassador Shirley Temple. Yeah,
1: so I was almost Shirley, but even at five years of age, I was like, I will not be named Shirley. And I think that was... <laughs> 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 was right next to it, and as a compromise... Shirley's fine. Yeah, my parents and I were like, let's just indulge this teacher, sure, like, Shelley, just throw it in there. And it What's just-
0: on your birth certificate? Your American birth, sorry, go ahead. uh, I was born in China, so I don't. Your Chinese birth certificate. What is on your birth certificate? It's my Chinese name. Which is? name. I want to make a joke, but it's racist, so I won't.
1: Okay, well, anyway.
0: That is the best way to deal with an almost racist joke. Thank you.
1: I was shoehorned into changing my name to to Shelly. Yeah. Okay. And never loved it. So you
0: go from kindergarten to what is Shelly? To age
1: 28 or 29. That's a long time. Yeah, never really loving it.
0: That's like 23 years of Shelly, though it is not your name. No. All right. So I think I had
1: a a, a vision when I was lying in bed in my mid to late 20s with my tombstone, and it said Shelly on it, and I just remember thinking like,
0: no. Like, so even in your tombstone, you're like, we have to cater to everyone else. We have no, to make no, no,
1: it- no, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say when I imagined my tombstone. I immediately thought, like, I could literally die at any moment. And I would be so upset if this is how, uh, if this is a name that people
0: remember me by. So yes. They don't know me. Yes. <laughs> no. And why is, okay, so two years ago, you have the bright idea to name yourself Zena. Great name. Why Zena?
1: So my Chinese name starts with X. I thought about just returning to it, but it's pretty personal. And it's also the name that only my parents call me. And I just couldn't imagine like my boss calling me it, like random people calling me it. I wanted it to feel special. So I I look at names that start with X. There aren't a lot of feminine ones. I liked the way that Xena sounded. I've never seen the show. I've never seen any episode of the show. So my decision was unmarred by anything about the show. Even though I liked, you know, that people have an association with it. And one day
0: I might watch it. Do you know Xena's like stage name? The actress's name? It's amazing. It's Lucy Lawless. Oh yeah. That's an amazing name. Yeah, that's yeah. Why not go by Zena Lucy Lawless? Is all I'm asking. That
1: was my name. It's so Your name is Zena. It's a great name. Anyway, uh, to add on to that, I looked up what Zena meant, and it comes from a Greek term that is associated with this idea that uh, all foreigners deserve hospitality. And it gave me chills when I first read it. I was like, Wow, yeah, that is my experience. Like as a foreigner, as a foreigner trying to you know, not authorize anybody else in this country. So I changed it. I told my parents. My dad was like, Whatever, we never called you by your English name anyway. That's <laughs> What's your great? Name? That's so great. And your dad doesn't care. It's the best. And then he was like, you know, I'm a scientist, and xeno sounds like xeno, which is a prefix. We put on things that means new, and that's really wonderful.
0: Okay. That's so nice and nerdy. I love it so much. (laughs) We should plug some things. Uh, Where can people follow you online?
1: You should follow me on Instagram. My username is Miss Me. M-S, and Me like the body part.
0: Uh, do you have any art for sale that's a weird question
1: yeah i actually have a project that i started about a week ago based on um, a chinese folk tale about how lovers are separated across the universe across the milky way and once a year an entire flock of magpies forms a bridge so that they can cross it across the milky way and see each other I never understood why they were magpies, but they're a beautiful bird. And to me it's always been a metaphor about migration, like the perils of traversing the universe on the backs so, of, you know, tiny birds, like not actually how any of us come to this country, but just the feeling of it. Uh, the gulfs that migration creates and how we try to overcome them and sometimes can and sometimes can't. Anyway, I created all of these paper birds, and a portion of the sales of these birds are going towards the Capitol area in the rights, uh, Organization. And uh, just follow me on Instagram, and you too can have a bird.
0: You are a very, like, good person. That's nice. I was going to make a shitty Avengers joke. Thanks for doing this.
1: Thanks
0: for having me. Zena, you're a very nice woman. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together. Zena, you have Zena, thank you. I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to take this microphone. And I would also like to comment on your beautiful corn dress. Oh, yeah. Like the band Corn that's spelled with a K and a backwards R. Did you know that? You did know that because you've been in America long enough where you know corn is spelled with a K and a backwards R. This is the most American dress. That is the most American dress you could have. I'm going to ask you, really, excuse me.